The reading this morning from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 20 through 36. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethesda in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said, It was thunder. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Messiah remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus said to him, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light, so that the darkness may not overtake you. If you walk in the darkness, you do not know where you are going. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become children of light. After Jesus had said this, he departed and hid from them. In our story today, uh, Jesus proclaimed, Jesus is, uh, brought these two Greek folks, probably who they were, they were probably uh, Greek people who attended synagogue and were a part of the Jewish community. Uh, in writings of that time, maybe these folks were called God-fearers. So they were probably a pair of God-fearers who uh, uh, took interest in Jesus' message, and they went through channels and were brought to Jesus by Andrew and Philip. And uh, Jesus begins immediately to tell them that the time has come for him to be glorified. And this is a remarkable statement. So Jesus is, of course, referring to his uh, pending uh, execution on the cross, uh, destroyed, uh, uh, abused, and tortured by the Romans, and eventually executed, hanging on a cross uh, in shame, uh, which it was always considered to be a shameful thing. It brought shame. on your family, it brought shame on everything that you ever stood for. It was a rejection of those things. Uh, it was uh, it was a shame on whatever God you happened to worship as well. It was meant to be that way. It was meant to be a humiliating thing. Uh, crucifixion was designed to uh, 
put people off. You, you were paraded around the town naked and you're dragging this big log with you and people would spit on you and harass you and call you names. And then you were brutally nailed to a cross and posted at the gates of the city for everyone who came into that city to see. And you were just left there to die. And even after you died, sometimes you were just left there uh, to be dealt with by the, the birds and the beasts. And it was an ugly, it was an ugly, ugly way to die. And it was meant to be something that brought shame to you and your family. And here, Jesus is saying, it is my hour to be glorified. Uh, and I was struck by this word, glorified, as I was reading through the text in preparation for church today. And this, this idea that this shameful thing, this brutal, awful execution, that somehow that would be glory to God and glory to Jesus Christ was anathema, certainly in the culture of Jesus' day. And this word glory kind of means just to honor. It means to, to lift up and to honor uh, someone or something. Uh, and in the midst of all of this, Jesus says, I'm going to be glorified. And then he, begins, he tells this parable about a seed. How a seed is nothing unless it dies in the ground and becomes something new. And, you know, it's an easy metaphor Jesus is making. Unless that seed uh, gets in the ground and germinates and begins to sprout, then it will only bear fruit. If it just sits in, in a little packet in your window, this is what happens in my house, uh, you buy those little seeds and you leave them in the packet and you put it in the window uh, and you think you're going to plant them. I never get around to planting them. They just, I, they sit there in those packets. Worthless. Uh, <laughs> worthless. The picture looks good, but uh, the rest of it is pointless. In the same way, Jesus wants to make that metaphor. Unless, unless God glorifies me, unless uh, unless I am lifted up in this way, unless I am vindicated by God, and we'll talk a little more about that, but then uh, all of this has been for nothing, Jesus tends to see. So again, uh, this idea of honor, John is telling us in this passage, is that while the world intended to shame Jesus, God intends to honor him. Amen. God intends to glorify him. Amen. Uh, the world thought that Jesus' execution would bring dishonor on not only him, but on all of his ideas, on, on his God. But God turns that dishonor into glory. The kingdom of God is always about turning the world upside down and making things the way they weren't before. And Jesus goes on to say that this is the judgment. It is in this very act of killing the Son of God that brings judgment on the world. It is a judgment upon the world. When I say world, I don't mean God's beautiful creation. That's not what I mean. Uh, by world, I mean uh, what Walter Wink describes in this way. The fallen realm that exists in estrangement from God and is organized in opposition to God's purposes in the world. By the world, I mean the structures and the institutions that aggressively shape 
human life and seeks to hold human beings in captivity in its ways. In captivity and shackles by its institutions and its ways. I mean, I mean the system. I mean the man. Right? I mean the world that is a form of oppression by the man, right? Whose ways are domination, violence, and death. And the, Jesus earlier refers to this world as the thief that comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's the world that Jesus is condemning in this text we read today. This world that Jesus says is now, is the judgment of this world. Now the rulers of this world will be driven out. We are told that they will be brought down as Jesus is lifted up. In the crucifixion, this system is judged and the rulers of this world are driven out. And it means that when the world said no, when the world was confronted by the kingdom of God, when the world was confronted by the grace of God, when the world was confronted by uh, God incarnated in Jesus Christ, the world said no. The powers and principalities of this world said no. The domination system of this world said no. We don't want that. Herod said no. Pilate said no. Caesar said no. The high priest said no. But God said yes. God said yes. Amen? And God glorified Jesus, took this shame and turned it into honor. And in this passage, we're, it, it becomes a predictive of the event of, of resurrection and what happens on Easter Sunday. Jesus is giving us a little preview. What happens is God has turned this defeat into victory. God has taken the shame and made it glory. And every time we, like Jesus Christ, are faithful as Jesus Christ was to God's purposes, and every time we refuse to be shaped by this world, Jesus is once again glorified. Amen? Every time we say, I am not going to let my worth be determined by how much money I make, or by how much power I gain, or by how good looking I am, or how much people like me, or any of those things. Every time we refuse to buy into the lies of this world, Jesus is glorified. Amen. Amen. Every time we say to ourselves, I will not turn a blind eye to the injustices of this world, but I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to speak for the voiceless. I'm going to use what I have to help make this world a more equitable and blessed place. Jesus is glorified. Amen? Amen. Every time we refuse to give in to our own despair, the brought on by the guilt and the shame that this system I've talked about has laid on us. Every time I say, I deserve better, I deserve that full and abundant life that Jesus promised me, the world deserves better. The world, we live in God's creation now, is what I mean by the world. God's creation deserves better and, and, and that full 
full and abundance that God promised. Every time we do that, Jesus is glorified. Thank you. Every time we refuse to listen to those voices that say, you are not good enough, you are not strong enough, you do not have what it takes, and instead listen to the voice of truth that comes from Jesus Christ telling us that we are beautifully and wonderfully made. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. God doesn't make junk, and you are beautifully and wonderfully made. Jesus needs to keep saying it until we believe it. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. And furthermore, you are equipped with all that you need to be who you are called to be in Jesus Christ. Every time we believe that in our heart and soul, and we can look in the mirror and say, I am one of God's beloved children. I'm not going to believe that nonsense they say about me or my own Voices that tell me I'm not right. Every time we do that, Jesus is glorified. Amen. Every time we extend a compassionate hand to someone in need, Jesus is glorified. Amen. Every time we forgive someone who needs to be forgiven, Jesus is glorified. Every time we seek forgiveness from someone we have wronged, and you know you know you've done it. Every time we have sought to reconcile and fix those wrongs that we have done, Jesus is glorified. And every time, every time, every time we choose the kingdom of God and over the world, this world, powers and principalities of this world, it is a judgment on this world and the rulers of this world are driven out. Every time. We are drawn to Jesus who is glorified. Amen? And whoever, we are told in this text, whoever honors, whoever serves Christ is honored by God and is glorified with Jesus. We join in that, that glory. Our shame becomes God's glory. We become a part of it. It is, it is this, this, and not the world that shapes who we are. It is this that becomes the beacon of light that guides our movement forward. This morning, as we continue in our, our Lenten series, in fact, this is the last of our Lenten uh, series on uh, Lenten reflections, I should say. This morning, I want to leave us. Uh, I'm going to invite the praise band, to come, the praise band to come forward now. <laughs> As we reflect this morning on, on Jesus glorified, uh, and over the last few weeks, I've kind of been asking us to really search deep within ourselves and find those things that maybe aren't so positive, that aren't so good. And yet this morning, I want to turn that around. I want to ask this question for us to reflect on this. And you should have a piece of paper in your bulletin that you can write on. Uh, and then we'll place it in our prayer world. If you don't, there's some around the corner on the table that you can grab. But reflect on this question. How is my life glorifying Christ? Because I know you. I know that you are 
living these principles out. You are living into this kingdom of God. Sometimes, sometimes you're not, but sometimes you are. I want you to reflect and ask yourself, where are those places where I am living, where I am glorifying Christ and not this world, where I'm choosing the kingdom of God and not this world? And go ahead and write that out or draw a picture or do something that is meaningful for you. And you can roll it up and put it in our prayer wall while we sing uh, this song, Change Our Heart. I'm going to pray before we do, and you can spend some, a few minutes reflecting. Loving and gracious God, we indeed recognize that what the, what the world called shameful, you have called glorified. That you have said yes when the world said no. I, we pray now, God, that you would help us say yes to you and no to this world. That we might live a life that brings glory to who you are and who you are in our lives and who you are in the world. We thank you that you are glorified and that we can reflect that glory to this great world. In Jesus Christ, we pray.